Welcome to Watershed Media Centre's May podcast. This month we'll be giving ourselves over to ideas of spirituality in cinema. Throughout the month at Watershed, we're hosting the Festival of Ideas. And as part of the Festival of Ideas, we are screening films which um, explore the idea of spirituality in cinema. And I'm going to be discussing some of the ideas and thoughts behind the, the season with Stephen Hind, who's a Buddhist teacher. So welcome, Steve. Thank you very much, Mark. Um, so first of all, Steve, I'm just going to declare my hand, just to sort of give a bit of context from my side, why I'm interested in this area. I studied film in the 80s, in the glory days of structuralism and film theory. And it seemed to me that film theory was dominated by a kind of French Marxist structuralist thinking. And cinema was viewed as entertainment, bad, Hollywood bad. And then more avant-garde practices like Godard, for example, good. And they were revolutionary in that sort of sense. I mean, I'm obviously reducing things. But there was a sense that there was a progressive film out there and it was from a kind of Marxist position. And it seems to me that in my job watching lots of films, that what was never really talked about was some of the elements of cinema which perhaps were quite inexplicable. I'm thinking particularly the films of Krzysztof Kieslowski, Three Colours Trilogy, wherein it seems to me there's something going on in the films other than simply either telling the story, making one laugh, or preaching some kind of social political side. And so I've come to this thinking there's something going on in cinema that perhaps touches on, is it spiritual, is it transcendental, what exactly is it? So that's my sort of route into this. I just wonder, mm -hmm. um, from your side, what your th thoughts are in, in that uh, aspect of cinema. Well, I, I guess to declare my own hand, you know, I've been Buddhist myself for, well, 20, 30 years now. And I guess the, the journey for a Western Buddhist is to kind of find out what Buddhism means here in kind of Western culture as opposed to being in... India or China or Japan or Tibet or Sri Lanka or one of the traditional Buddhist countries and you know the last 20-30 years has seen a sort of journey from people not really knowing very much about Buddhism to starting to feel comfortable with it and then sort of looking around and thinking well what does this mean for living in the world we live in and working in the world we live in and you know the types of entertainment we have and the types of arts we have so certainly very interested in exploring that whole question with cinema and other forms of entertainment. Have there been um, examples of when you've gone to see a film that you thought that absolutely chimes with some idea of the Buddhist philosophy or thought? Absolutely, yes. A good film it actually evokes something and it actually evokes both an individual experience and a group experience. Um, so it creates some sort of atmosphere and some sort of experience, which is more than the characters and the flickering lights and shadows which are on the screen. And there's something kind of mysterious about that. And I think everybody could relate to cinema as invo evoking experience in, in that way. One of my kind of main uh, Buddhist teachers is a Tibetan, so I'm very familiar with Tibetan Buddhism. If we look into sort of Tibetan Buddhism, then it's not people sitting quietly in rooms on their own, staring at walls. There's a lot of music, dance, theater and play, and you know every aspect of cultural life is kind of included in Tibetan Buddhist practice. 
and you know Tibetan Buddhism itself comes from the Indi Indian origins as do all these kind of uh, Buddhist religions and looking back into India you know the sort of very rich theater the very rich narratives and stories and dance and music have always been associated w with religion I think that gives us a clue as to where to look to really bring our exploration of spirituality alive. Mm. I think that, that word mystery actually I find very interesting because spirituality can be loaded in terms of, sort of religious aspect as indeed transcendence can but mystery is quite a good mm. word because mm. it, it suggests a, a more open element to it and mm. I'm thinking in particular of Three Colours Blue which is a film that we're showing as part of the season and I think that word mystery applies there because in the film there are elements where um, the the Juliet Binoche character who's lost her husband who's a musician and she finds out that he's had a, an affair um, but he's dead so she's grieving finds out she's had an affair and comes across manuscripts of his music and there's an amazing scene when she runs her fingers along the notes that she's written and the music comes in and that combined with the cinematography and the way Kieslowski puts it together and Kieslowski's talked about this a lot or hinted at it but there is a sense that something other is present that there is a mystery mm -hmm. that is happening he leaves it open and, and I guess if you're a Buddhist or if you're, you're a Catholic or mm -hmm. um, uh, Jewish that you'd bring some kind of uh, element to that those elements come together to create something other, really. And that, for me, is one of the sort of interesting elements of cinema, the, the way the flickering image and the sound can come together to create that mystery. It's true to say that cinema actually creates space, really. It plays with space. So, you know, people go into the cinema and sit down in a space with other people, which already kind of create something. You know, the flickering images on the screen and the uh, the sound and so on kind of change the atmosphere and, and take people through a sort of a pattern or process of experience but none of that is really prescriptive none of that's actually giving each person a an, an exact definition of what they should be experiencing what they should be thinking it's kind of creating interesting spaces and that's where the sort of arts have always been powerful in, in creating spaces that really are larger than anything that could be kind of described in kind of words. So this whole use of narrative and metaphor really exists in every spiritual tradition in the world. And, you know, cinema is just a logical extension of that using, you know, all the sort of modern technology and power and so on, but actually invoking things which are very, very old in ways of communicating to people. I would think it's not too strong to say that it's about communicating the transcendent when it really works in really kind of opening spaces that are as large as people are comfortable as entering. Mm. It's interesting you should say that because the philosopher Colm McGinn um, in his book Power of the Movies talks about that very area making an analogy between the cinema you know, we're in a, a space where a group of people come together in sort of almost hushed reverence, mm. all focusing on mm. um, the same uh, thing on screen mm. and, and making that comparison with a church or a temple mm. where that same hushed reverence is brought in. Mm. I mean, it doesn't push the analogy, but there is mm. a sense of what is that um, experience mm. that's happening. Clearly, if you take the sort of Hollywood entertainment side, then mm. what you're being brought in to do is to be entertained escape mm. from reality for a time but what's interesting in the season is that we've got Groundhog Day um, which is a, a pinnacle of Hollywood mm. 
uh, entertainment, but yet we're thinking about it in a Buddhist context in this mm. season. Yeah, well, I think Groundhog Day, when I saw Groundhog Day, um, I instantly thought this was a film about Buddhism and uh, the whole kind of metaphor of, of all Indian religion, of, of Hinduism and Buddhism, is that people are caught in an endless cycle of sort of karma and rebirth. So they, you know, they're going through lives, their lives in a fairly ignorant way, doing things which have repercussions, and they can't really find a way out. So this sort of continues from, from life to life, if you believe in the sort of Indian ideas of rebirth and reincarnation, or maybe it just occurs in your everyday life. And we all have these experiences. And I, th I think Groundhog Day really is, is a very strong and powerful way of putting forward this trap that we find ourselves in you know, on another occasion, I talked a little bit about the matrix in the context of Buddhism. So you could almost go through a whole list of films and find every kind of aspect, uh, which I would, you know, I would interpret in a Buddhist way. Maybe others would interpret in another way using other models. Mm. Yeah, I think Groundhog Day is, is, is a fantastic Buddhist film. And mm. it, it was also shown at the um, International Buddhist Film Festival in San Francisco uh, two or three years ago. And mm. I think that was one of the most talked about mm. Buddhist films rather than the films that were yeah. supposedly Buddhist. It's the way in which the mainstream can powerfully capture, as it were, or evoke uh, or come mm. up with um, a story that incorporates a larger themes. I'm also thinking about Scorsese, um, mm. who, whose work we're screening as part of the season. I'm thinking particularly Mean Street's Taxi Driver and Raging Bull, I guess, which sort of forms a trilogy written with Paul Schrader. And Schrader, you know, comes from a, a very strong Calvinist background. He's very interested, I think, in the spiritual. He's written a book on transcendental cinema, looking at Bresson and Ozu. Um, but what you get in that partnership is very much a sort of exploration of redemption uh, through pain, what it means to be human in the world which Scorsese sort of moves through into The Last Temptation of Christ. But it is the mainstream mm. um, dealing with... So you can see Raging Bull as a semi-autobiographical you know, mm. film about Jake LaMotta, but also it's got within it um, what it means, the metaphor mm. of the boxing ring, and what it means to be, you know, in a way, a sinner, or, yeah. say, to seek that redemption. It's interesting because I watched Raging Bull and saw it as, again, a Buddhist film, you know, and, and, <laughs> right. and, you know, in Buddhism, we have the idea that we create our worlds and, you know, if we have very strong hate or greed or desire, the world reflects that, all the people around you, the way the world is, you, you literally create your own hell mm. or your own heaven, depending on what you project out or what's in your mind. Mm. And I watch Raging Bull and I see somebody who's really focused on hate. And in the end, the whole world kind of hates him. It gets yeah, reflected yeah. back. So it, it's quite interesting how you go mm. into the film and the film has created a space to to mm. kind of explore your own um, mm. your own ideas and your own journey, really. And what, what's interesting in that uh, respect is, of course, Scorsese went on to deal with Buddhism and Kundun. Mm, um, absolutely. I would suspect that the notion of, of the spiritual is right. close to Scorsese's heart. Well, what I was going to do is move away from the sort of Hollywood into some of the films we're showing are Buddhist films, the Travels of Magicians, mm. for example. I mean, is there a strong tradition? You mentioned the festival in San Francisco, the Buddhist film festival there. Mm. Is there increasingly a use of film by Buddhists to explore ideas of Buddhism or indeed to, you know, to get the Buddhist message out there? Mm, well, well, I think there's certainly a desire to do that. I mean, the number of Buddhists with, with large 
film budgets it maybe is rather limited which is probably not seeing <laughs> seeing a whole lot of cinema but i think certainly the there's films like the cup and and mm. there's travelers and magicians and so on which is a sort of traditional buddhist story that's been put to film by a, a bhutanese uh, director and there's the you know international buddhist film festival in san francisco which has gone from strength to strength and is now moving around the world as well so it's something we're just going to see a lot more of we screened uh, last year the uh, tibetan trilogy with graham Wilson who sort of went to Tibet and just um, kept the, the cameras rolling over, you know, two or three years until people didn't really notice that he had the uh, the cameras rolling. And, you know, he created a sort of fantastic documentary stroke meditative experience for people about the whole notions of death and Tibetan Buddhist doctrine and so on. And when he came last year and uh, we, we kind of interviewed him and sh showed the film here at the watershed, you know, I remember he said to the audience that uh, you know the thing to do with his film was just kind of sit there and just let it all kind of wash over you without any expectations or or really you know really trying to figure out what was going on just just kind of sit there in an almost sort of meditative experience and and try and experience his film as a director that's what he was wanting to put over with the film mm. you know it really fits very much with what you're saying I think with film as a, a way of almost as a way of taking people back to church and the spiritual what we're showing in the in the film season is on the whole narrative stories mm -hmm. um, and there is another range of cinema that perhaps will explore it some other time which is precisely about uh, losing yourself in the image it's mm -hmm. non non-narrative mm -hmm. um, about almost trying to sort of create a meditative mm -hmm. space whereby you lose yourself in the, the film thinking particularly of the work of Stan Brackage and mm -hmm. that American avant-garde That'll be next year's. Mm, <laughs> yeah, next year's sounds season. like a, a great idea. <laughs> it seems to me that audiences do want to engage with cinema in a much more sort of deeper and meaningful way than simply as entertainment. Mm. I think film is fantastically entertaining. I mean, Groundhog Day is a brilliantly funny mm. and entertaining film. But the audiences, um, certainly audiences that I talk to here at Watershed, want to and have a desire to explore film and perhaps find out what that mystery is about. If you want to discuss it more, then we're showing the season of films over May at Watershed, uh, and there's a panel discussion on the 13th of May at half past one, where we'll have film professionals, we'll have faith experts, and we're going to uh, have a more public discussion about uh, some of these ideas, so hopefully you'll be able to get along. Just a final note, there's one particular person I'm interested and hearing about is Keith Tester, who's Professor of Cultural Sociology at the University of Portsmouth. And he has done a talk recently about his journey to Catholicism through the films of Eric Romer. And there's an Eric Romer double bill on at the Arnolfini. And I'm really interested to hear what that experience is, is about. So thanks, Stephen, and see you on the 13th of May. If you want more information on the season, go to watershed.co.uk forward slash spirituality. Hey, thank you and good night.